for listening to Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or even alone. But when you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it's the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you are facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, They use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. Magnificent morning, folks. Again, it is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, Her Story was created in 2018 to share the stories of phenomenal women of color throughout the country. We've had conversations with community leaders, with business owners, and women who have simply turned their adversities into triumph. Today's episode of Her Story is in partnership with the HBCU Experience Movement, the Southern University System Edition, which will release in June on Amazon. So the HBCU Experience Movement, LLC, is a collection of stories from alumni throughout the world, sharing how their university has molded them into the people that they are today. And we are also giving back financially to invest in our HBCUs throughout the country. I am particularly excited, not only because I'm a partner on the project, but because I'm also a lead author and a proud alumnus of the Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, you know, not, not to boast or brag, but we are the only HBU system in the nation with campuses in Baton Rouge, in New Orleans, Shreveport, Southern University Law Center, and of course, the Agricultural Center. And, you know, today I have the pleasure... I'm interviewing Miss Ayanna Spivey, born in the shadow of Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She was raised in Moreno Valley, California. Ayanna's leadership skills and creativity revealed themselves early in her childhood from being involved in our home church's youth ministry, youth choir, youth council, and various social events. At Southern University, Ayanna was involved in various positions, including SGA, Miss Sophomore, Miss Southern, and she also took part in new student summer organizations orientations, football recruitings, and being a member of the Alpha Tau chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Now, all of these endeavors sparked the ideas of wanting to go into higher education. Upon graduating from Southern University with a bachelor's in interdisciplinary studies with a concentration in social work and sociology, she returned to California and received a master's of science in higher education leadership and student development from California Baptist University. University. It is my pleasure. Ayana Spivey, hello, how are you? Hi. <laughs> it's always so weird hearing like people read your bio. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm always the person, you know, I'm constantly talking uh whether it's from the podcast or just from work and mm-hmm. just engaging people in general. So my thing is I hate hearing myself speak, um, but it's what I do for a living, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's always it's interesting. It's something you, it's almost like you never get used to it. Right, right. But again, excited to have you on. And you know, this 
episode. And of course, all of the Southern University episodes are very special to me, not only because um, being an alumnus of Southern University, but many of the folks who are doing great things are still involved with Southern University, folks that we all went to school with in the connection with in some way. So Ayana, even outside of that bio, just tell us a little about yourself. Um, yeah, I am. It's so funny because every time like you hear the bio, you're like, damn, am I that person? Feel, <laughs> but um. Now look, I, right I didn't even now, I didn't I mean, even get I, through the whole bio. Now I, I, that was like the first two paragraphs, so you you have some room to tell more. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I'm still living in Southern California. Um. Right now, I'm uh, about two hours north of LA. Um. And I'm still working in education. Um, specifically um, in counseling with general population students as well as incarcerated students. So going into the correctional facilities and um, promoting education there has been an interesting and fulfilling experience. Um, And really just working on self right now and uh, relaunching my business. I have a, um, which was LLC, but now I'm trying to transfer it to a nonprofit called We Are Educated, where I pretty much just raised funds for students attending HBCUs. In the first two years, I started back in 2016. In the first two years, we raised about like $4,000 and we helped a student at Southern along with another student at Howard University who was actually from my hometown um, and we actually (laughs) went to church together. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much is going on outside of that you know adulting for huge and navigating life Yes, yeah, definitely. And and you know, as you mentioned, of course, it's always important to give back in some way, right? So again, the the right. purpose of this project is to make sure that we're investing back in our institutions. And so I love that idea mm-hmm. and the concept of your nonprofit and your business as well. And especially as it relates just to, you know, the black population and the student to uh prison yeah. pipeline and just a litany of experiences that we know that our our youth are exposed to as such an early age is even more important right. for us to make sure that we're providing them with the resources and the encouragement to excel and succeed in their education. And as we talk about our education and the choices and things that we make, um, I want to know more about your thought process and the opportunities with you attending Southern University. So was an HBCU your first choice? And if so, why Southern University? Um, yes, yeah, so an HBCU was my first choice. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I was born in Baton Rouge, and we moved in 96, we moved to Georgia and moved to California, but um, my mother went to Southern. She, I believe, graduated with her bachelor's in 91, um, and she was pregnant with me actually crossing the stage, and she already had my brother. Um, my father graduated in 96, um, and my paternal grandmother we graduated at 55. Don't quote me on that one. But <laughs> I literally grew up on Southern. You couldn't tell me there were any other schools in the state of Louisiana that was not either Southern or Grantland. Um, and I actually went to my first Southern football game in Georgia because they played like Georgia State one time. Um, and then when we moved to California, every Thanksgiving Saturday weekend, I was in front of the TV with the gear that my grandmother sent and we was cheering on Southern. Like you couldn't tell me growing up that I was not going to be a dancing dog, that my brother was not going to be on the drum line. Like it was already set. 
um, until I got to high school. So just my experience in high school from sports to student organizations and things like that just opened my eyes to different college opportunities. And so um, I was set on going to either Tuskegee or Cal State East Bay, which is in Hayward in Northern California. But my mom was like, oh, no, we're going to buy you plastics. So my senior year of high school, my mom took me and my brother to buy you plastics. We spent um, Thanksgiving in Bogalusa with my grandmother. And then we would drive every day for every event um, during Bayou Classic weekend. And I was sold. I was like, it's so many black people. <laughs> it just felt like home. Like, it felt like a family reunion. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I turned down my scholarship to Tuskegee. I um, revoked my intent to attend at Cal State East Bay. And two days after my 18th birthday, I was in Louisiana. Yes, I love it. And I think, you know, the Bayou Classic experience definitely like it solidifies a lot of things in terms of decision making. Yeah, because I feel like it was the same way with me. Of course, uh, my family had a rich history in Southern and Grambling, right? Like most um, Mm -hmm. families in the Deep South, those are the two HBCU colleges that you're very familiar with. And with me, it was more so the connection with my friends and starting over. So you know, I went to a private mm-hmm. Catholic school, uh, a lot of the times only black kid that was involved with a lot. And so in high school, when I went to mm-hmm. Ascension Catholic, uh, my two best friends, of course, came in joy, um, same hometown. Right. And so they were going to Xavier University. And so I was stuck mm-hmm. in between choosing between Xavier, choosing between LSU and choosing between Southern. And of course, my daddy was just like, look, like he didn't go to Southern or Grambling. He went to Nickel State and Thibodeau. You know, I'm from Napoleonville. My mom <laughs> went to Southern. He's like, look, unless you're getting a full scholarship, a full ride to somewhere, you're going to Southern University. And I was like, OK, you know, but. Of course, it's the tradition. Of course, it's the Bayou Classic. I've been going to the yeah. Classic since I was three years old. Um, so it's just like the overall feel and that experience is so needed and necessary at times. And for me, it was definitely what I needed. Like, the again, like the connectivity, mm-hmm. the feel of feeling in, fitting in, and just that family feel all around. So when we talk about Southern University, right, when we talk about the classics and everything, the thing that sticks out the most is the human jukebox and the band, right? Like that experience as a college student, your first Bayou Classic or your first home game. For me, it was neck. Like after I heard neck as a, as um as a college student, I was like, you know, this is home. This is where it's at. This is where it needs to be. But most folks, unless you attend an HBCU, you don't understand the significance mm-hmm. between the connection of the band and that HBCU experience. So, can you explain right. why the HBCU experience and the and for instance, specifically with, with Southern, the Human Jukebox, why what is what makes that connection so necessary within that overall experience? Um, I mean, I guess it's a part of the culture as well. Like, you know, you grow up watching Drumline and uh, A Different World or Stump the Yard, and, like, you always hear horns and drums in the background of just these shows and movies. So it's almost kind of, like, ingrained before you get there. But uh, growing up watching the band, like when we talk about Bayou Classic, it's one thing to see it on TV and then like <laughs> actually go into the battle of the bands and going to the step show. Like that's a whole different experience in and of itself. And I think one thing about the jukebox in and of itself 
is how powerful the band really is. Like when I say sound and understanding what cranking means and all of that, like it's really almost like it's the soundtrack to your experience. Um, I will never forget it was, it was maybe like the first, the second week of school, my first, my freshman year. And you remember how like the band will practice the night before the game um, in the parking lot outside the stadium. And so we walked to go watch, you know, the preview. And I just cried because I was like, I'm really here. <laughs> like right. it was kind of corny. But I was like, wow, I'm really a Southern student. Like these are my classmates. Like I know them. And these are people that I grew up watching. Like this band I grew up watching, and now I'm a part of it. Um, that was amazing. And then my first game, I think it was next for me, too. Um, you know how, like, sometimes whatever hot song is out that year, like, that's the song of the, the band that year. I'll never forget, like, 2011, 2012, it was Party by Beyonce. And every time they played, like, it was a good time. Um, and then... We had Power by Kanye, just songs that come to mind um, that kind of shaped some of those years. Um, it's really, it's hard to explain. Like, it's really one of those, like, you had to be there. Um, but, yeah, the band, the jukebox, the jukebox and the dogs just have, like, a special place in my heart. And it's always funny because I, I claim to be honorary crab class of 2010. <laughs> Uh, it's always D3 plus me, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's always funny because I'm like, I'm going to be a doll until I was like 16 and realized I had no dance experience or training. Um, so I had to do something else. But Right. <laughs> yeah. But you definitely found your path and you found yeah. your way as it uh, attributes yeah. to standing out and finding your passion and being involved. Um, you know, of course, because I was on campus to experience it at the very beginning because we are a few years apart, but you definitely, you found your mm -hmm. voice in all of those things out, outside of not being able uh, to be a doll. So it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but um, Honorary is enough. Right. That's an accomplishment. Honorary is an accomplishment. Okay. Um, right. But, you know, again, like the, the significance to the band, it, it's definitely in, in, for me, it's, it's the heartbeat, you know, it's a heartbeat and it definitely yeah. uh, connects the momentum and uh, the positivity as relates to attending an HBCU and again, specifically for Southern University. And when it comes to collecting those stories and those experiences, like you said, that moment when you realize that you are on campus and that you are here, when you were able to hear the band practice, like I think storytelling is definitely important as it relates to history, as it relates to capturing yeah. certain moments. And so if you can just give us just a snippet of your chapter. Um, my chapter pretty much, um, I just talked about alignment in a sense of when I got to Southern, my only plan and really any college that I went to, the only goals that I had was to graduate because that's why I'm there and become a Delta. Literally every college I applied to, I was like, I had to make sure they had a Delta chapter. How I was going to get there, I don't know. How I was going to get to graduation, I had no idea, but that was it. That was the only written goal coming into going to Southern. Um, and then just talking about um, how I kind of navigated through all of these things, whether it was becoming a sophomore, becoming a Southern, or becoming a Delta, 
of just, I had no idea what it was going to look like. Um, I didn't come in wanting to be a queen, let alone a class queen, let alone the campus queen. Like, <laughs> I barely wore dresses. <laughs> um, but it was just things, path opened, and I was just like, sure, let's try it. This looks cool. Um, and just talking about that, and it really did work out for the best. Um, it's really hard to put four years, four and a half year, years into 1,500 words. But, um, yeah, I just kind of touch on that a little bit and how I found my tribe at Southern. Um, what I wish I kind of tapped in more to in the book is really talking about the network um, of attending an HBCU and just even having opportunities like this um, to speak with you and knowing other people. I know I did like a interview last week with Travis who went to A&T and just that HBCU connection outside of just your individual HBCU. But yeah, this is what <laughs> these opportunities are for. But yeah, just speaking a little bit on my journey, how I got there, um, and how it helped me become who I am today, even the spark of we are educated, along with just working in education, uh, specifically higher education, how it helped that. So, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, and you know, uh, again, that HBCU connection is really vital in terms of your career growth and path and just growing as a person, as an individual, right? Like I remember initially when I first graduated from Southern University, um, my overall goal too was to make sure that I graduated. I'm a perfectionist as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, okay, well, I have to succeed. I have to stay on. I don't even mm -hmm. remember what list it was. I was like cum laude or something. Because, I mean, those things are definitely important, right? But as you get older, sometimes you just forget. Right. Um, but, you know, that was definitely <laughs> the goal. But once I graduated, I was kind of like at a standstill because I didn't know if I wanted to do law school. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that next step was. And if it were not for my undergraduate advisor, like kind of like talking to me because she had finished in the same major, connecting me to at the time, it was um, one of your sorors that I began working for initially right after college. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow it's really like that HBCU connection and forming different relationships with folks to actually get you in the door and then continuously networking and developing friendships and relationships. So um, I think that's very unique. You know, it's unique because yeah. I'm not just getting this off of assumption. It's because of real conversations and knowing the difference in comparison to those who may have attended P PWIs and HBCUs and how that um, close knit relationship and family oriented feel is really consistent consistent when it uh, when it relates yeah. to attending HBCUs and so with that being said what is your involvement with Southern University currently so right now um I'm not as active as I would like to be and it's mostly just in the location that I live but um involved with the Southern um LA alumni chapter here um it's one of the biggest in the state it's not the biggest I want to say we only have two anyway but um working with them um, as well as being a part of SUIAN, which is the Southern University Young Alumni Network and planning events um, and things for the college as far as like fundraising, but also trying to reel in a lot of these recent graduates and getting them involved 
um, has been the bulk of my time post-grad. Um, and then being involved with the Southern Sisters, um, which encompasses all of the women who serve as a class queen or a campus queen, and just coming back together and networking with that has been really dope, really, to see everybody from not only years, but decades come back and share their experiences while serving on the royal court has been um, amazing to do. Um, and then being an alumni of the Alpha chapter, the last recent thing that I got to do was chair, um, be on the chair committee for our 80th anniversary. So doing things like that, um, and helping students anytime they contact me, like I'm from Cali, how do I navigate Southern and just giving advice when asked and needed. Right. It's it's always about giving back. You know, I, I always yeah. speak of the experiences and the lesson learned, lesson, many lessons learned while attending Southern University. It mm-hmm. definitely shaped and molded me into the woman that I am and helped me in connection to my actual career path and my goal and things like that. And, but it's again, always about finding certain ways to give back. Uh, you know, I've been partnered with the the HBCU experience movement since May. And so just forming that connection with Ashley Little being a North Carolina A&T, again, that's an HBCU connection, right? That in that connection was initiated from women empowerment seminars and, um, you know, being a part of different platforms. We initially made that connection there, then the connection with HBCUs, and then that connection as an opportunity to, of course, find a way to give back to Southern University. So it's always about that initial involvement and how we can definitely give back. And so what advice would you give a young woman who may be interested in attending an HBCU? Um, do your research in a sense of not what programs they have, which is important, but the heritage of the college. I think that also shapes your experience there and kind of what um, that institution values um, and how they mold their students. Um, one of the biggest myths that I just want to debunk is that um, – your education is going to be the same regardless of where you go. And so don't let that deter you like, oh, it's not a big school or they're not going to have um, the same opportunities that I would have if I were to go to this PWI or this in-state school. Like, just go because you're going to, wherever wherever you go, you're going to learn what you need to learn regardless. Um, it's really those experiences outside of the classroom with um, your advisors with just other classmates and colleagues that you're going to really find your passion and really find what you're good at. Um, specifically for those who don't live in a state where there are HBCUs, it can be very scary to go away for college. Um, being 2,000 miles away from home was not easy, but it was by far the best decision I ever made. Um, and you'll be prepared. You will be prepared. They're going to make sure that you know how to navigate this uh, world as far as being a productive citizen, um, whether you want to start your own business, work in your particular industry, 
the opportunity is going to be there for you. So definitely choose HBCUs. And again, the network is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. It'll open so many doors to so many different opportunities that you didn't even think that you would even be interested in. So, right. yes, choose HBCUs. Preferably, I would love for you to choose Southern. Yes, yes. Yeah. And again, like to me, it the the focus for me is college is always what you make it, right? You always hear people say yeah. that all the time. Number two, the one thing that you also said is that you're going to learn what you're going to learn in whatever institution that you do attend. And so at, at times it is frustrating for me when you hear some folks with a comparison in terms of the quality of education with HBCUs, when a lot of times, uh, a lot of the professors are dual professors. So for instance, many of our professors at Southern right. University were also professors at LSU, were also professors LSU, at BRCC. Yeah. So it's like, no matter what college or university you attend within the same area, a lot of these professors are teaching uh, multiple campuses, right? So you right. won't necessarily get that same experience unless you attend that HBCU. And if we're talking about Southern, unless you're attending Southern University, because if we're going to keep it 100, we had the opportunity and the privilege, one, to be a part of the Divine Nine, where we were loved and accepted yeah. on campus, right? You know, we were mm -hmm. also had the opportunity to not only have a, a football team, but a basketball team, but a baseball team, but a soccer team, a tennis right. team, like all of these sports and athletics, cheerleaders, you know, and... It's again, we had a, a fair share of high quality education as relates to Southern University's nursing program. It's one of the, the best in the state yes. engineering program, our law center, mm -hmm. our school of business, so many different various opportunities that are out there. So do not get dissuaded or do not get discouraged when you hear different things in the media as relates to fake news, because now HBCUs are finally yeah. getting that recognition that we rightfully do deserve. You know, we, you see mm -hmm. the highest of the highest, you know, vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States of this nation is an HBCU grad, you know, um, yes, and, and so many others. So definitely, Anyone who is interested in attending an HBCU, as Ayana said, you know, that experience is like no other, the networking opportunities, the relationships, all of those great things. And so, um, you know, be, before we do close up the interview, Ayana, I do want you to provide an opportunity for folks who may be interested in connecting with you. Again, you have, we are educated LLC. I know you are transitioning that into a nonprofit. You're doing phenomenal things as it relates to giving back to uh, college students and those who are interested in continuing their education. How can people reach out and connect with you? Um, social media, mostly. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Ayana Celeste. And uh, the tag for We Are Educated right now is We Are Educated LLC. Um, like I said, we're transitioning, so that is going to change. Um, and we're relaunching this summer, hopefully in July. Um, but, yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm Ayana Celeste Spivey on Facebook. And We Are Educated LLC on Facebook. You can definitely go like that page. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it as far as we Dope, dope. So folks, there you have it. Uh, I'll do like Travis, the great, the great Miss Ayana Spivey. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> 
who is one of the authors in the HBCU experience, the Southern University edition. And, and again, like, I mean, but we are the best. Uh, you know, I will be biased. It, it's my school. So yes. <laughs> there is no other. <laughs> but thank you so much. You can't much. be biased when it's facts. <laughs> it's facts. It's factual. Very, very much factual. Very much, very much, very much. But um, Ayana, again, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, you always uh, have uh, so much personality, right? So uh, again, very excited for you to be a part of this uh, project. And um, in closing, you know, folks always remember that your story is not solely for you and it's meant to be shared with other women and provide hopes to those who may be facing similar circumstances. You definitely don't have to be ashamed or embarrassed to share your story and you declare growth and prosperity over your life. You are brilliant, bold, and beautiful. You are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. So if you are encouraged, inspired, motivated in any way, tell a friend to tell a friend Follow Her Story Podcast on Instagram at Her Story underscore podcast, Facebook, Her Story Podcast, and it is also available weekly on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And I'm out.